Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Welcome everyone, Tennis.com podcast. I am Ed McGrogan with Pete Bodo back after a little bit of a break there, of course. Pete and I referenced it a couple podcasts back. I think it was for a good reason. Uh, would you agree, Pete? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful time at the wedding, Ed. Eddie is now a married man, I want all of you to know, and we had a great time at his wedding, and, um, and life, life, life is good. Yeah, it is very good. So, And we get thrown right back into the fire quickly here um, at the U.S. Open. The tournament starts on Monday, of course. Really, the event actually has already begun, in a sense, qualifying uh, tournament down there. Um, that started since Tuesday. Um, Got to win three rounds to get into the main draw. You ever see any good qualifying matches, Pete? You've been there for you know so many years. Any really good ones that come to mind? Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen a number of really good ones. Cecil Karatancheva a couple of years ago uh, when she was just coming back from that controversial drug suspension had a whale of a match. Actually, this year who was I think Daniel Brands was involved in a real high quality. Real high quality corker. I'm 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 sort of spacing on on his on his opponent at the moment. But American girl Samantha Crawford won it won, won a good match yesterday. So no, there's there's good stuff out there. I, I I love the qualifying, and you know what? It's really become kind of a hot ticket. I mean, there's there are five six thousand people. So you know it, you know I guarantee you by next year it's going to be like you're at the U.S. Open with the number of people walking around because as little as few as three or four years ago you'd go there and granted it was great. The concessions are open. The matches are being played. You got high quality players who've been top top one hundred, sometimes top fifty players, and there's nobody there. Now it, the word has gotten out. You know, there's there's a lot of people out at the National Tennis Center. Hot, but still free ticket. Actually, still free to get into. And actually, this year I see that um, CBS Sports. This is actually on TV now. Some of the qualifying, so it's pretty good theater, especially today. Uh, the last round, a lot of good you know do or die stuff there. I still remember, of course, Steve Tigner telling me when I asked him the same question I asked you, he goes, sort of, you know, he never, he said he never saw some great stuff kind of relying on the fact that you get what you pay for. And, and it is, it is a free event, but I have, to, I have to agree with you. You do see some good stuff. So if you're around the city, not a bad way to spend this week here before the tournament. Hey, one other thing, Ed, you know, for our European listeners or people who log on, they plan your vacations in New York. You know, don't go through this rigmarole of getting all these tickets. Come out. You can say you've been to the U.S. Open. You see the qualifying matches. You can bump into Roger Federer because he's practicing out there, which is also somewhat surprising. You, you can, know? yeah. You can get right on to um, – you can kind of walk on a grandstand Armstrong while they're still up and really see the biggest guys practicing too. Absolutely. So, you know, you can plan your vacation. Come go to get a free day at the U.S. Open. You say you've been to New York. You see, you see in the U.S. Open, there's no better deal. There's really no better deal in tennis right now, and and do it now because I think it's going to change. I think once they start getting seven, eight thousand people, they're going to start charging a ticket. Yeah. Um, to the main draws here. These came out yesterday. You were at the draw ceremony there. Had a little piece on that. Um, we'll kind of get right into the into the brackets here. Um, Steve kind of had his say on what he thought would happen. You and I can kind of take on a couple things here. So we'll just start with a men's draw, and, and I'm looking at this first quarter here. This is where Roger Federer is, number one. Um, Donald Young, I mean, can his, can, can, can his year get any um, just, you know, ill-advised here? It's, that's a um, probably a night disaster waiting to happen on Ash. And, um, yeah, that's... Well, you know, that, he's breathing a little easier because he finally won a match. He's, not, he's no longer threatening Vince Spadia's losing record for most ATP matches lost in a row. So I, I tell you, Donald Young probably is a pretty... All things considered, he'd probably be a pretty happy boy going into this tournament. 
Yeah, I, that would have been probably for within maybe two matches of the record. I, I don't remember the numbers, but that's, you know, that is a big, he, he won in uh, Winston-Salem, I believe, uh, just a couple of days ago, and um, yeah, got that incredible, I think it was 0-18, 0-17 streak off out of the way there. So, so Hook, you know, gets, he's fetter fodder basically here, I, I would certainly assume. Um, looking at, you know, look at the rest of this quarter, and you see, you got, you know, you got Thomas Burdich at the end there as the other seed. Burdich has been um, pretty terrible, actually, in the biggest events this summer. Um, loses both on grass, both on Wimbledon. So, you know, you can, you can always chalk that up to saying a grass court sort of allergic there. But this is a former Wimbledon finalist. This is a guy who really is not coming into this tournament on any sort of uh, streak here. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking around at some of the other players and, and seeing who might do well for themselves, all things considered. And I I do pop on Sam Query, who I mentioned touted as a dark horse kind of for this, maybe not to win it, of course, but this guy here, you know, he's back in the top 30 after a ton of injuries, uh, really a freak injury a couple of years ago um, over in Asia. He put his hand through a glass table. It's one of those see to believe or read to believe it things. And, you know, if he gets a couple rounds back here, it really kind of puts him right back into that, top-tier American discussion that we were setting aside for him not that long ago. You know, he was the, he was over Isner as the really the, the hot uh, prospect, I think, for the U.S. going forward post-Roddick. Yeah, there was a Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid kind of thing for a while with Isner and Quarry, which is really kind of fun. Uh, yeah, that's all, that's all gone. But, you know, Sam, Sam's figured a lot of stuff out. You know, at Wimbledon, after he lost that match, that crazy five-setter, second-longest match in Wimbledon history, I, we all know what the first one was, of course, uh uh-huh. To Marin Cilic, he was very, very forthcoming and frank about what he needs to do and and, and what it takes. And I, I believe in this kid. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot better. You know, he's not ready to win a Grand Slam, I don't think, but you know, he's he's in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, there are a couple of other other interesting things in that section. Of course, Verdik, you mentioned. Look, he's got David Goffin, who's 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 a tough young kid who who's really having a great year, his breakthrough year. He's got nothing to lose. That could be a tough match in the first round for Berdick, especially if he if he's a little bit rattled by what happened to him at Wimbledon when he was when he was beaten there by Gulbis. Um, you know, and you got some you you also got Nikolai Davidenko up near the top. Um and he's you know Marty Fish, he's he's on track maybe to 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 meet Marty Fish in the second round. And that could be that could be a very tough match for Marty. Because Davidenko's only thirty one and the guy's been top five you know he's been to see the elephant. He's uh, he's been semifinalist at Grand Slams a bunch of times. So same with Masters. He's won Masters titles. You know that guy. I'm not. I'm not sure the little Russian guy is done yet. So we'll we'll see. He was done in Canada, losing six zero, retired to Djokovic up there. But I I do see your point with Davidenko there. Fish, I think Steve made a good point in his piece. Fish is kind of having this little traditional post-summer mini-surge, even though he's kind of plummeted in the rankings from last year. But it is in a very American heavy quarter there with Federer at the top there. Um, now, opposite Federer, this was you know the big story of the draw. Really, where does Andy Murray end up here? And, and he gets paired in Federer's half. But he does, but you know, for Federer, that's you know, that's a tough break I, there, I suppose. Murray, it's even tougher when you think about not only to his path to potentially his long way to Grand Slam title not only really includes and most likely Federer, you know, you could see Djokovic in the final, of course, but his quarter is really stacked here. Um, Rayonich, possible fourth rounder, Sangha in quarterfinals. 
Um, you know, what do you think about Murray, I guess, at this point, especially post-Olympics? And, we, you know, we haven't seen much of him since that gold medal, but, you know, that has to do a lot for him, of course, going into the majors again. Well, I think he's cooling his jets a little bit these past couple of weeks after after he wins the gold medal there. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to win those matches that he that he lost in a, in the next couple of weeks. But you know, the guy, you know, he he he's had, he had a great run. He had a great Wimbledon. Came back with a great. He came back with a great uh, uh, Olympic Olympic game. So you know, you give him a pass on the on the hard court um, season leading up to the U.S. Open. He's I think got a pretty good quarter. Although Thomas Bellucci, you know, the guy's a head case. Everybody knows it. He's not a kid anymore. He's a, I believe he's 24, the Brazilian, but he's a very, very talented left-hander. He's got a big game. Sure, he's done best on clay. He won a big clay court tournament re- recently. I think it was Gestad. Uh, yeah, and this is hard courts. On the other hand, he's like Joe Wilfred Sanga. You know, that guy also grew up on clay. He wins on clay, but it's not not by any stretch a clay court player. So, you know, I I, I think, you know, if if Murray's not really on his game, that third rounder with Bellucci, provided Bellucci gets here, could could be a tough match. Beyond that, I think he's sort of okay until he gets down, you know, down into the territory where he's got to face a Rionich and beyond there. And, and, and at that point, it's crazy to speculate because who knows what lies in store. I don't think it's a terrible draw going in. I think, it's a, I think he's got a chance to get his legs set under him with, Bogomol, with uh, Bogomolov as his first-round opponent and then, uh, then Bellucci coming up. So, you know, we'll see. For um, let's move to the other half of the draw there, and this third quarter is where is sort of the unoccupied top four quarter, and with Nadal pulling out, this is the one where David Ferrer, the four seed, um, is in here, along with other players who you know, other seeded players that some might want to pick as the potential semifinalists here. Some of the names are Tipsarovic, number eight, Isner, number nine, Gasquet, number thirteen. Um, other seeds as well, Tommy Haas, Cole Schreiber, two Germans there. Who do you kind of like out of this quarter? Because I think I think a lot of I think it kind of go a bunch of different ways depending on your taste, really, of uh, the players involved. You know, I like Isner. I think Isner's playing very well, and his court obviously suits him. He's it looks like he 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 goes to the fourth round. The toughest seeds in his in his way to the fourth round would. Uh, are Tipsarovich, who would be his fourth-round opponent, Troisky and Philippe Kosriver. So I think he's got a pretty, pretty nice ticket punched if he can do it. Now, I think Tipsarovich is going to have to watch out for Brian Baker. Baker has not played great since he's come back from Europe. It seems like he really does do better on clay, which is consistent with his early career before all those terrible injuries. But he's on a comeback trail. You know, he's he's figuring it out. And, you know, I, I think he matches up pretty well with Tipsarovich because Tipsarovich is not going to sort of just, you know, bowl him over, hit him off the court. I think that could be a very interesting match. Tipsarovich could be the first seed to go down. You know, beyond that going down, there are a lot of interesting guys in here who, who could do something but haven't generally. you got a Michael Lodra, the big lefty serve and attacking game. That's, you know, that that's always dangerous. You've got a Cole Schreiber who's a talented, who's a talented, aggressive player. You've got a Dimitrov. You've got Benoit Pair, the French guy, who's really kind of a head case, and you never know where he's coming from, but man, a guy can play. Xavier Melisse, who's, who's sort of put together a pretty decent late career surge last year in this. And, and Richard Gasquet, who's actually playing very, very well. This is, I think, the most interesting quarter. You've also got Ernest Gulbis, who would beat Burdick, and Tommy Haas, who is a remarkable story at the age of 34. He's, he's slashed his way back up to number the number twenty-two, I think, in the rankings, he's twenty-one seed here because Nadal is out, and and you know he, you know, I, I wouldn't put anything past past Haas. He's got a tough first rounder with Gulbis, but you never know. And last but not least, David Ferrer. You know, people, you know, he's got the, he's like the door prize here 
or the other way around. You know, Murray was a door prize. Federer didn't 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 do so well. And but you know, David Ferrer, F- Murray is nine and eight against Federer. David Ferrer is five and eight against Djokovic. That's not a terrible record. And Djokovic has played pretty listlessly at times this year. And we know what David Ferrer does. He runs, he hits, he runs, he hits, and you can't wear the guy out. That could be a very, very tough matchup with for Djokovic. Very, um, you know, looking at these first-rounders this, this quarter, Ferrer Anderson is not one to kind of scoff at either. Anderson, oh. a huge, huge player there. You got other ones, um, like you said, Isner Melise, to me, that is actually somewhat interesting. Um, Steve Johnson, Ram here, good kind of American battle there. Um, Dimitrov Perry, you mentioned there. Uh, this is a very fun, uh, if you come to the Open first couple days quarter, that almost all these matches have, I think, something to offer here. So, Both cheer for Leighton Hewitt. He's playing uh, Tobias Kompke. It's a winnable match, and Hewitt has really stepped up so big at this stage of his career. You can't overstate that. Go out, show him some love, right? Him and him and Haas both really. I mean, Hewitt doesn't have that. Hasn't had that. You know, late surge here. But Hewitt has has certainly, if his ranking is has fallen so high as it did, he does kind of surface and really kind of a boomer bust guy at this point. But you know, like you said there, that's um, a couple rounds there. You really never know still with him. The last um, quarter of the men's here. Um, some be- I think some better first rounders overall in this in this bracket, this whole men's bracket that I've seen in a little while here. This Del Potro and Albandian one is fantastic, and I I also hope that they consider putting this on Ash as well. That would be a tough ask considering in the first round how many of the big names they feel they owe to play on Ash. But this this Del Potro and Albandian one, if they decided to throw it on as like a night match here, and you get the and you get a very boisterous crowd here, obviously. You know, you'd have Argentine support down in New York City for these two. That would be just a hell of a match to see there under that kind of spotlight. And hopefully, I just, I, I guess, I just hope it's not relegated to kind of like third day on Armstrong, and you don't really get the attention it deserves. Let me be the contrarian here, though, for a minute. Ed. Every time a draw comes out, what do people do? I'll tell you what they do. They go looking for David Nalbandian. They find David Nalbandian. They look for the nearest seed and say, "Oh my gosh, Del Potro's in trouble, or Djokovic is in trouble, or Federer's got a tough first round match." Listen, you go back and, 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 and now Bandian's record, he hasn't done very much. He hasn't beaten any big players in quite a while. The guy is kind of, you know, he, he's relatively old. He's always been sort of out of shape. I, you know, I, I get it. You know, Bandian has been one of the toughest, most unpredictable Mercurial players around. But the guy is not an upset machine. Everyone acts as if this is the most dangerous, like the guy's dynamite or plastic explosive. It's really not true. Go back, look at his record. He hasn't really done very much since Indian Wells, certainly not against any, any top players. I think that the highest seed, the highest ranked guy he's beaten since, since I think Indian Wells has been like number 36. So uh, I, I'm off that train myself. I got some other guys who I think are much I'm with, I, I, I'm with you on that. That was what I used to think of actually Marat Safin when he was still unseated before he kind of called a quits. That was kind of the... The first round match that I thought got a little too much pub. I think this one is a little more interesting though, only because it's against Del Potro and you get that intra rivalry there going on. So that that's where I kind of go with that one there. And you know they don't like each other because because uh, now Bandian has always felt proprietary about the Argentine Davis Cup team, and those these two guys are not. I you know I'm not going to say they don't like that they're bitter enemies or anything, but they're you know there's not a lot of love lost between these guys. So it, it, in that sense, it's a great matchup. Um, rest of that, Roddick's in this that um, little eighth of the draw there, number 20 now. Um, I, I think overall, and this is, of course, where Djokovic is, I do sort of like where Del Potro's been headed lately. I, I kind of, 
if you believe in sort of just feeling what kind of what you can sense from tennis, um, I do think Del Potro was kind of on the cusp of this really bigger result since he's returned from this you know long string of injuries since he won the Open back in 2009. You had that, of course, 1917 loss to Federer at the Olympics. You know, if there's if there's a good loss, that's a good loss. That's probably even a great loss if you want to go that far. But I do, I do sort of like Del Potro in a big picture sense, and I really think that if he ma- matches up with Djokovic here, that's possibly a troubling spot for Djokovic, all things considered. Well, that's a very good point, and I agree 100. percent Del Delpo was about ready to start making big statements again. He sort of he, he got back up near the top after coming back from injury very well, and then he somewhat puzzlingly flattened out. He flatlined, and it was a little like, well, is that all there is? Is this guy just going to be stuck at number six or seven, never win another major? I, I think the guy's better than that. I think he's got more there. So I agree with you 100. percent I'll tell you the guy I think should, we should watch out for here is Dolgopolov. He's seated number 14. He's, he's, he's risen to number 15. I actually identified him in a post I wrote as a floater, dangerous floater. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how a guy's number 15 in a floater, but, you know, it's kind of true because people don't think of him much. So, you know, this guy, I think, is, is the new David Nalbandian, or could be if, if, if he keeps playing the way he has been. And he's still, he's still alive down here in Winston-Salem, I believe. Guys can be floaters at number 15 when the top four have won everything, you know, of significance in the past five years. That's kind of how it is. We're almost looking for dark horse candidates who are in ranked top 20 in the world. And, and that's just, I think, kind of how the men's game has evolved right now. Yeah, yeah and he's so. the only guy I think who could hurt Djokovic in that one-eighth, in that bottom eighth. I think you got Dolgopolov and Djokovic. They could end up meeting in the fourth round, after which, as you say, uh, 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 Djokovic could meet now Bandy uh, uh, Del, Del Potro, and and that that, that that's that's a tough back to back assignment in my view for uh, for Novak Djokovic. Yeah, Dolgopolov uh, Djokovic, great mm-hmm. match last year at the Open actually too, a uh, huge tiebreaker first set. Women's bracket here. Let's, let's kind of move right on. Um, you start here, Azarenka now the number one seed, um, Serena. Obviously, uh, the, the general consensus favorite for sure. Azarenka seated that way. Um, and her quarter here, pretty stacked, I think, for... Uh, I guess it's stacked if you if you kind of feel like the players have have are on the sort of the upswing here. These are... You have Lee, Kleister, Stowe. are all players who have had at points last year were incredible. That's three of the four Grand Slam champions last year, and including the U.S. Open champ, all of which who have kind of fizzled at one point after that. And, you know, since that point, Azarenka established herself at the top of the game. Um, since since sort of Indian Wells has kind of seeded that back to the Sharapova-Serena uh, duo there, but Azarenka I don't think really is is a... Is a, is someone who should be discounted because of that by any means top seed. So what do you like for this quarter? It's it, you know a lot to talk about here. Well, I'll tell you in general. I think I think there, there's a renaissance going on in the women's game. It's as if they've all awakened and we've gone back to January. Remember back in January, you had Kivitova had finished the year really strong. Wozniacki had failed to close the deal. She hung on to the number one ranking. No, you had Sharapova was really starting to make a lot of noise again. You had a couple of other players. You know, Lina was a little bit out of the picture. Stozer were just won the U.S. Open. It was a wide open field, and it looked like it was going to be really exciting. Azarenka had yet to become a Grand Slam champion as well. So what was going to happen? Well, you know, it, it kind of got shut down by Serena and Maria Sharapova, I must say. Azarenka had that great run early on. Then from then on, it's been all Maria or Serena. Now I think the other women have suddenly stirred again. 
you know, uh, in, I don't want to get down too far there, but you know, the, at the bottom of that top half, you've got Petra Kivitova, who's really starting to play, come on strong and play good tennis again. Lee Na, of course, won her first tournament in a long time in Cincinnati the other day. You've got Kim Kleisters floating around in there, so that you know that that's going to be tough. That quarter, you know, uh, the other thing with the women, by the way, is if you look, if you're talking about dangerous floaters. Boy, the women's draw is loaded with them, and I think it's kind of a tribute to how much the women's game has improved in recent years. I mean, you've got all kinds of people like the Shvedovas of this world. You've got, you know, uh, just just a ton of, of of really potentially dangerous floaters. You know, guys like, you know, uh, Sabine Lisicki. You know, uh, there's there's uh, Michaela Krychek is playing well again. She's got a big serve, good hardcore player. She's been quarterfinalist to Wimbledon. It, it, it's going to be a very interesting tournament. I feel from the women's point of view. I'm not. I'm not taking anything for granted here. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you on this women on this women's theory you have because um, you know at this point of the year we're still three for three different Grand Slam champs. Serena cleaned up at Wimbledon both at, at the championships and at the Olympics, of course. Uh, but you know, but those are you know obviously extremely similar events. There, what's going on, and you know, this is how I think we viewed Serena last year at the Open was kind of a given after her first few rounds there. I think many people are kind of almost ready to give her the title here. But you know, since Serena has kind of since Serena has really struggled with with some things since 2008, about um, she always has had a tendency to kind of not return to that uber-dominant form that we maybe expect from her to really kind of run Rothschild through the whole tour here. And I think sort of until she really proves that, you know, and this Open is obviously the chance to prove it, that she can still kind of come in and take her titles and still really just, you know, clear as day number one player, I, I'm, I am willing to think look at a lot of different options here. I think Kvitova is a good one here. I actually... Uh, picked her to win this event. You know, I, I do think Kvitova is kind of coming on a good roll here, and you know, this is off grass. Of course, I think Serena has a much better chance to be beaten. You saw what happened to Stowers in the final last year. It's kind of silly to look that far ahead, but I think overall, I, I I do agree with you that the, the women's draw in general, I think, is more open than we're willing to give it credit for. Certainly more open to men's. And keep in mind that Kvitova made her big breakthrough with the U.S. Open. She reached the semis. Gosh, she, I think it was three years ago. She, was, she must have been, what, 19 or 18. She got to the semifinals. So, yeah, she's coming, she's coming into a situation that she's going to feel very comfortable in. Uh, you know, what, do you, uh, what do you think about um, we, one player we haven't mentioned much of this, this half of the draw, Sharapova? Kind of, you know, what's your thoughts on her really since the summer months? Kind of went out meekly at the... Um, Obviously, in the Olympic final, there was just a demolition. What's kind of her story in your point of view? Well, I think she, I think she, she appears to be fine until she gets to Serena, who you know is, is going to tag her. But I think the women are less are less afraid of her. They kind of know that there's a you know there's a very hit or miss quality to her game. Let's face it, if Sharapova, either if the serving yips, which haven't been too bad lately, but if her serving uh, goes goes south, you know she's going to be in trouble, and other women are going to have a very good chance. And if, if she starts spraying balls like she can, she, she can be ghastly at times, actually, in that regard, you know, then, then everybody's in with a shot. So, you know, she's got Cecile Karatencheva, a woman I mentioned before, who's, who's, you know, had a very sort of interesting kind of sad saga in tennis. She was a very, very gifted player. You know, she was a, a real prodigy of 14 of her. She's potentially Sharapova's second round matcher. She's straight into the draw. She's back in as a, as a, as a direct entry. So that could be a little tricky for her. Beyond that, though, I don't see many people right in her quarter there who are going to be who are going to be tough given the kind of game she has. You've got Garigas, uh, Medina Garigas, 
not, not to worry much. Nadia Petrova, Safarova. You know, she's she's got, I think, a pretty, pretty decent shot. One person in that bottom quarter quarter to really watch out for, I think, is Andrea Petkovic. Last year at this time, she basically cracked through to the top ten. She was at this she was this at the point of this German Renaissance or resurge, if you want to call it that. And then of course her back went out early last year. She missed most of this year with a bad back. She's back. She won a match in New Haven. She beat Babos, I think, in the first round, lost pretty badly in the second round. She's an unknown factor, but she could she could uh, she could ambush somebody. The uh, other half, their women's draw. This is where you got Serena in the third quarter here. Get some um, Coco Vandaway to start there. That's um, I'm sure an Ash match there. Um, the other William, the other Venus Williams is in the fourth quarter there. That's another American match. Her and Maddox. That's um, an even more closely contested one there. Venus uh, had, I think. In since he was a semifinalist before having that really that back injury there looked just almost um, it's so much pain they're serving so it's kind of tough to see, it's always been tough to see where she's been this year with everything that's gone on with her health wise but um, you know that's that's where she's going to end up there in the start um, Wozniacki is in Serena's quarter here the and the rest of the players in that quarter you know Ivanovich Karolinko Skiavoni hang here. I don't really see too much in Serena's way. No, Sloan, not, Sloan Stevens also unranked at Skiavoni in the first round, I should mention. There is your, there is your upset special for, for the first round on, on the women's side. Stevens over Francesca Schiavone. I think that's a, that's a very good call. Um, you know, uh, uh, that, that could, that's very well within uh, uh, Sloan Stevens' abilities to win that match. Yeah, that top, you know, that top quarter is not is not that tough, I don't think. You know, you, you've got, you know, Kirilenko, she's a pretty high seed, but she's really never done that much. You've got Ivanovich, who's, you know, even higher than Kirilenko, and you know that she's, you know, she's capable of sort of folding up almost any time. So, yeah, I think I I think it's a pretty nice, pretty smooth, pretty smooth trip for Serena to to the second week essentially easily and then even beyond. Zakopolova's in that side too. Not too much to worry about. So yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I like her. I like her to get through without too much trouble in that quarter. Actually, a match between Serena and Sloan in a fourth round would be there'll be a lot of buzz about that if they can both get that far. There would be certainly. Um, and guess what? Nico Date Crum is in that in your number seventy-seven on your draw sheet. Circle it. She get she's creeping toward fifty now, probably. Toward fifty, yeah. exactly. Gotta love her. Yep, Sophia Arvitz in first round there. Last quarter of this draw, um, this I think is uh, you know, in ways possibly like the third quarter of the men's draw. You have Radwanska um, leading this at number two, certainly best on grass. Um, you know, been good on all surfaces, of course, to get that ranking. Um, but you do wonder about kind of how the year's gone for her, you know, just kind of over her thoughts at the open here. So in the way for her to get to the semis, you have – I think Kerber, a lot of people will like, is sort of this mega consistent player this year. And really, Kerber made her stand or kind of vaulted in the spotlight last year here at the Open, making the semis. I think that was a, that was at the time sort of seen as a very odd result. And she's really just proven completely otherwise since the start of this year. She's almost been an automatic semifinalist in almost any tournament she's been in here. Uh, that's right where Venus is up there, too. That's a possible second rounder. Um, 
other seeds I think could stand to benefit from maybe a little bit of a you know avoiding one of those big big names here at the open player like Sabolkova, even the Italians here, Arani and Vinci, who have put up actually some good results and keeping some um, 10 to 20s ranking there. Um, I guess the final quarter, I, I guess I'll give the final word to you here, just maybe your thoughts on this one. Well, I think the top of that, the top of that final quarter, that section of eight basically there, is, is, is a very, very interesting from an American point of view because you've got Angelique Kerber there who's playing terrific, but you've also got Matic Sands and Venus Williams. They're going to square off in the first round. Only, obviously, only one of them advances. Then you've got Christina McHale down, down there in that, same, in that same, same quarter with them, um, in that same eighth, rather, with them. And, you know, She's, you know, she may, she would be on track basically to come up against Kerber in the fourth round. So you've got three Americans, Williams, Matic Sands, and, and, and McHale, who are looking at probably one of the, you know, not probably, but one of the hottest women on the tour and most consistent women on the tour this year, Angelique Kerber. I really believe in Kerber's game. I think she's, she's legit. She's a legit top five player. So the Americans have their work cut out for them. Irina, Irina Falcone's in that quarter too, in the eighth rather. Uh, so, you know, it's it, it, from the USA, it's going to be tough for American players to get by. Somebody's got to try to get by Kerber. Uh, going down, though, in that last section there with Radwanska, you know, I think that's wide open because Radwanska, you know, is just you know, as tough as she's been. She's, you know, she she doesn't have that much power, obviously, no power, in fact, and she could be had. You got watch out for Yaroslava Shvedova. You know, there's another dangerous floater. She's got, she's down there at number 18. She plays Vanya King of the USA in the first round. Shvedova is a woman who had that golden set, didn't lose a single point in the entire set against Sarah Irani at Wimbledon. She could she could be very da- dangerous. Uh, so you know that's it, it's kind of open down there, but we'll see who comes through. It's a it's a little bit of a pity that all the Amer- so many Americans are stacked up there in that in that top of that bottom bottom quarter. But you know that's that's life. And you went with Mr. Federer and Miss Williams. Serena Williams overall, I believe, correct? Yeah, yes, I believe I did. Yes. All right. Um, so for the Open, just to keep you guys up to speed here, I know we'll all be out at the Tennis Center, of course. Pete, with his usual um, post there, video work, I believe, as well. You, know, you can see what he's wearing that day. Always a, always sort of a you-never-know-what-you're-going-to-get type of deal. Um, and then on the podcast... Watch your mouth there. <laughs> You can't say I'm wrong sometimes. I'm a sharp-dressed man. ZZ Top wrote that song about me. Yeah, that's uh, right, inspiration. So, And the podcast here, it's going to be myself, Richard Pagliaro. We're going to be really hitting the order of plays um, pretty heavy on the podcast here. Um, kind of look for the podcast when they come out each day. We're going to take a look at the following day's order of play, um, really break down the, the day to come there so you can uh, – Pop this on your iPod here on your way to work the next day and uh, get all pumped up for the Open. So that's sort of the plan, and we'll see if we uh, follow it as planned. Sort of like we'll see if these brackets go to plan here. So, Pete, thank you again. We'll see you at the Open, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks again. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 